When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 96. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm not great. My throat is all kinds of weird. It, let me set the scene here. I don't know if you guys know your bodies, you guys and gals, everyone know your bodies like me. And maybe it's not an idea of knowing, but I, I feel things. And it's anyways, we're Wednesday and I'm sitting at my cubicle, two o'clock, and I feel something in my nose. And it feels like if, if you've ever gone swimming in a pool, and I'm sure most of us have, in like a, a swimming pool with a ton of chlorine, and you accidentally like swallow, or not swallow, but inhale water into your nose. Okay. You know that burning feeling you get in your nose? Yeah. Boom. That's what I was getting. Two o'clock on Wednesday. Okay. Or Tuesday. Sorry, on Tuesday. And I was like, well, that's weird. I haven't been swimming. I'm just sitting here not doing anything. And it progressed and it progressed. And that feeling just eventually moved down. I could feel it moving down my like my nasal passages and into oh, my throat. No. And now it's not even in my throat necessarily anymore. It's at like the bottom. I'm pointing to like my neck area where my neck meets my chest. That's where I feel it now. It doesn't hurt to swallow. It's just there, like the scratchiness. I don't okay. get it. No, I've never had anything like that before. That's an interesting one. It's just the, the process itself, right? The, like the slow process of it getting to where it needs to be. If I drink something, perfectly fine. Like I can have three coffees and I'll be good, except for the fact that my heart will be like pumping 400 beats per minute. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's what I'm up to. What, what's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot going on. It's pretty quiet over by me. I was just telling you before we got started at the, my work. I work at a college radio station. Uh, they're filming a commercial for the school, so the last two days they've been doing it at the radio station, so I've been preoccupied with that, not been able to get much work done, but I'm excited to finally sit back, relax a little bit, and talk about some New York Islanders hockey. How does that sound? Sounds fantastic. All right, Mitch, so let's jump right into it. Well, wait, it's number 96, which is the Pierre-Marc Bouchard edition. 
Oh. He wore number 96 in the 2013-2014 season, playing 28 games with the New York Islanders, scoring nine points. In what year? 2015-2016? 13-14. Okay, I don't remember him at all. I don't remember him either, but he played 28 games. I don't remember his story either. I don't know how he came in, how he came out. I didn't research any of that. All I researched is who wore number 96 for the Islanders, and he's the guy. And he's the last one. There's no 97, there's no 98, and there's clearly no 99. That's it. That's the last of the player editions, and just so, like that. We're going to have to think of clever. We're going to have to be clever now. God, that's going to be bad. That we're not really clever people, so that's going <laughs> to be a struggle. <laughs> I uphill battle. All right, now we can talk about Islander stuff. A pretty big week for the Islanders, and I think it started off really with the main topic of the week. Jordan Eberle got a new deal with the New York Islanders. That was a little bit of a surprise, and it was uh, a pretty good value deal for the New York Islanders. No, Mitch? Yeah, absolutely. Five years at six. Or sorry, I was going to say five by six. I was thinking of the Brock Nelson deal. Um, he got five years at $5.5 million, which is a $500,000 decrease from what he had previously. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that, yes, he had a bad year last year, yeah. but I wasn't expecting his cap hit to go down. I, I wasn't it would expecting a cap hit at all. Well, that that's also true. I didn't think you'd be back with the New York Islanders. If you had to tell me like who the Islanders are going to re-sign first, no way Jordan Eberle is getting the second contract here out of the four <laughs> big pending UFAs. No, uh, and, and I'm sure the Islanders didn't ch- like r- chalk it up that way either in terms of their priority standings. I know a lot of people are going, that's not Anders Lee, that's not Robin Leonard, you have priorities. Yeah, they do, but you know, maybe they still have to work things out with both of those guys. Um, yeah, you're not going to just stop. Later. Yeah, you're not going to just stop talking to you know, everyone else because you got to focus on one person. That's not how these negotiations work. Now, they got like what fifty players on the roster, technically speaking. Um, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of names to go through and a lot of negotiations to go through in any given year. Yeah, I mean that's not really a surprise at all. No. So Eberle got five and a half. That's a fair number for a guy who should be a fifty-point player, right? You should think. Obviously, this past year, not that great. He finished with 37 points, but he came on really strong at the end of the year, and that momentum carried into the playoffs, which was huge. He scored four goals in four consecutive games against the Pittsburgh Penguins in round one. And I know, realistically, you don't want to just look at a small sample size. You want to look at the whole picture. But honestly, I think how he ended the season is part of the reason why the Islanders brought him back. 100%. But if you want to even just look at the whole picture and not, not just look at that sample size, like th- this year is a small sample size compared to his, the rest of his NHL career. True. Like there's only a couple years where he scored less than 50 points, and some of those years he was injured. Right? He scored 37 points back in 2012, 2013, but we all know that was a lockout year. He scored 37 and 48. I think that's a pace of like 59 or something like that. He scored 43 in 2010, 2011. Well, guess what? That was his rookie year. So, already starting off on a good pace and scoring 18 goals in that year. He he typically scores 50 points or more. Those are the only two cases aside from this year where he scored less than 50 points. Right, and you have a lockout year in his rookie year. So that, that's and again then this year where this, new coach, you know, not really a great top 6 and just, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. But for me, 
I think this is worth, and if you want to use the word risk, I would say like risk and do air quotes there, because I think that you have a really, really, really high shot, and you and I both bet a little bit, so we're both betting men, yes. that I'm betting on Jordan Everly becoming that 50-point player again. Yeah, I don't think I, he's going to be a 37-point player the rest of the time with the Islanders. No, I, I don't think so. And I think, depending on who comes in, changes the odds, obviously. Um, but but if the the roster stays at his, as it is now, I can still see him, you know, like trolling that fifty point line, like being a forty five to fifty five point player, with, with the the, uh, the exact same roster the Islanders had last year. Yeah, with the exact same one. Now, if they improve it, then there's a chance that that could be closer to sixty, which he had not this past year, but the year before, his first with the Islanders. That's right. Um, and like th- in this deal, the Islanders get a lot of flexibility. Uh, when when you look at it, they they give trade protection. The first two years, pardon me, he has a no tra- a full no trade clause. In the last three years, he has a modified no trade clause with a fifteen team no trade list. That doesn't sound like it's very flexible, but fifteen teams still means, especially when Seattle comes in, that more than half the league is available to him or to the Islanders. Yeah. Um, but when you look at his contract, his a- his AAV, like we said before, is five and a half. But in the last two years of his deal, the AA, uh, his actual salary is 4.75 and 3.75. And we have to remember, he's not going to be 34 till the very, very end of this deal. So he'll still right. be 33 years old at the end. So the odds of him like just pulling a full-on Andrew Latt aren't very high, but possible. And if that happens, you can trade this. Or, or something happens like we just heard about today with... Um, Oh, uh, Callahan. Callahan. Yes, with a degenerative back disease. Like, God, I hope he's all right. Um, but if he can't play anymore, and that that contract is still on the books, that that still needs to be serviced according to the cap. You can move that to a team who who's looking to have a higher cap hit, but a lower payout. It's not a huge, you know, uh, Marion Hosa type situation, but it's kind of close. Where five and a half is what your cap hit is, but you're actually paying out three point seven five. That might be appealing to a team trying to hit the floor. Oh, sure. No, it absolutely is. And obviously you're hoping that it doesn't get to that point. Yeah. And I think that's why the Islanders gave him this kind of deal. Because if you give him a seven-year deal, then you might be looking at, you know, he'd be 35, almost 36. Then, yeah, probably not going to be all that productive. But at 33 years old, you got to think that there's probably a decent chance that he's still a very good player. Maybe not, you know... His career pace of 59 points over an 82-game season, but still relatively productive and at a $5.5 million cap hit in a league where the cap continues to rise. That's not terrible at all. No, it's not. Um, So, like, I I just got to think that I think this is going to be a good deal for the Islanders. I really do. There's obviously the, the, the potential where it doesn't end well. Um, but I, I think like you, you mentioned before, if, if we were betting on this, I, I would bet that he, he makes good on this deal and it ends up being a good one. I don't know how you work that out in a bet with a plus minus, but figure that out. whatever it is, it's going to be good for the Islanders. What um, point total does he have to hit this year in order for it to be? Well, obviously just one year isn't going to make the whole five year, but like if he puts up 35 points again this year, obviously you're going to be nervous. What's the number that he has to hit where you're like, okay, after year one? 50. 50 minimum, he, minimum of 50. Okay. You? I don't know if I would go as high as 50. I think I would take 45 or above. 
Mm. Yeah, but that's still an improvement. I think my 50 would even shift depending on who they bring in. Like if they bring, bring in Panarin and you're saying that top line is Panarin, Barzal, Eberle, Eberle should probably do better than 50 points. So I would might I might even move that up to 55, 60. Um, but, but if it stands as it is and it's like Lee, Barzal, Eberle, which again is fine, but if they don't bring in any, any more reinforcements in their top six, I would say 50. He has to hit 50 or else that's not a good first year of his deal. Which isn't great because, like he said himself, he's not young. He'll be thirty by the time that deal, that first year, of that deal's done. And now you're looking at like, okay, well, now we're paying five and a half and the five and a half for Andrew Ladd Ooh, for two guys who aren't really pan panning out. Eesh. Well, for me, how I came up with my number is not based on what Jordan Eberle has done in the past, but okay. what I would take or what I think fair value is for someone who is getting paid five point five million dollars. So if you told me that doesn't matter who it is, but you're getting 45 points and you're paying them 5.5 million dollars, I'd say it's not amazing, but you could probably you'd say okay, I could live with that. Anything less than that, it's kind of like eh, it's not really worth it. That's true, I suppose. Like that's what Brock Nelson was, and he was getting four and a quarter, I believe, last year before yeah. his newest deal. Correct. So yeah, and and we were all set for 45 point Brock Nelson. That that's what we were hoping for, mm-hmm. but we got 53 point Brock Nelson instead. Right. So, um, what do you think this means for free agency, though? Like, that's that's more money's gone that we didn't expect to be going. No, but it's not a deal where it's going to prohibit them from looking to acquire someone else. I don't think. Right. Um, like they're at twenty one point two million dollars on on in cap space right now. Uh, they still have to sign Letty or Letty Lenner and Lee. I was trying to combine Lee and Lenner, and it came out Letty. Fair. I don't know how uh, my mind works in mysterious ways, uh, but twenty one point two could get that done. Like if I open, I'll just take my phone. Stupid Windows. I don't like the Windows calculator. Uh, if I use this, so twenty one point two minus, let's say seven for Lee. Fair, right? He might get a little bit more than that. Seven for Lee. We're at fourteen. How much for Leonard? Five, five. six. We'll say five. five. That's nine point two million dollars. Okay. But mind you, they still have to sign Bo. Del Cole, Hosang, although Hosang may not end up on the roster. Um, they qualified him today. Sorry, yes, they they qualified all three of them. Yeah, so, everyone except for uh, John Stevens was yeah. qualified. Right, so Bo, Del Cole, Hosang were all qualified. Um, what the qualifying offer was should be, I think, 874, 125, or eight, 824,000. Let me just do it's it. It's eight here. and change. Yeah, it's eight eight something. I'll just do it here while I'm here. Qualifying offer calculator. Thank you, Cap Friendly. Always have that open when you're doing a hockey podcast. Always. Yes. Um, Delicole, uh, I'm going to use him as an example because it's the same thing for all three. They are all making a base salary of $832,500. My God. Um, their qualifying offer for Del Cole is eight hundred seventy-four thousand one twenty-four. Now the price is the same for all three, but because of the games played, Del Cole's qualifying offer is a two-way. Same thing with Hosang. Beauvilliers will be a one-way. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Now they they can all reject it, but essentially the Islanders have kept their have kept their negotiating rights. But we've got nine point two million dollars to go to free agency. That's not going to get you Panarin. No. It That's won't. barely going to get you a Skinner. Right, but maybe then you decide, okay, I'm not going to go the route of free agency. Instead, I'm going to trade, and you dump off a $5.5 million from Nick Letty, and it kind of evens itself out. 
Right. And I think that's really what I was trying to get at with the question is, are they going to go big fish hunting in free agency? And I don't know, because even if you're trading Nick Letty, are you giving up pick? Are you getting picks and prospects back for Nick Letty? You would have to if you're not looking for a cap hit. I guess, but unless you want to swap it out, which would I think would make the most sense. Right, but then again, we're not going big fish hunting in free agency. No, which, no, then you're going big fish hunting in a trade. Right, which is it's still fine. It's big fish hunting, but it's not. It's not the targets that we were looking at in terms of Artemi Panarin and uh, Matt Duchesne, I guess, although I don't think anyone's looking at him seriously anymore. No, but I think, honestly, probably trade, I think, is their best bet. I know we're kind of going off from the Everly topic, but it kind of worked this way. Well, no, well, we're trying to work it this way. Like, what, what is the continuous impact of the Everly deal going forward? I think a trade probably makes more sense now anyway because – especially after Carlson was signed. I know that he plays a different position. He's not a forward, but now Artemi Panarin is the best free agent by far. So the bidding war is going to go crazy for him. The chances of the Islanders getting him, probably pretty low. Do I want it to happen? Yes. Is there a chance of it happening? I guess so. But you're probably more likely to pull off a trade than pull off signing Artemi Panarin. Because then after that, what are you going to do? Joe Pavelski, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, it's I a little I risky. The wrong one here. Um, thirty-four years old. Yeah, that would be not thirty-eight. No, thirty-four. I'm thinking of Joe Thornton at thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's not great. You're right in that the market for free agents isn't great now. Like in terms of points, if we're looking at just straight up points and not cap it, it ranks Panarin, Duchesne, Pavelski, Nyquist is your top four. Okay. Nyquist is fine. Like we could definitely fit a Nyquist in with nine point two million dollars left. That's sure. totally doable. He's only twenty nine years old, so that's an Anders Lee situation right there. I don't think he turns thirty, or he just turned twenty nine. He will turn thirty in September, so you can't give him too long of a deal. No, he's probably a five year deal candidate. Yeah, but then you got a guy in Ryan Zingle right afterwards. Right, twenty six goals this year. He's twenty seven years old. He can play across the front line. He shoots left, but he can play on the right. Um. Yeah. You, maybe you look at that guy. He was he was making one point eight. You give him five, and not even you give him four. And that's a huge upgrade. Sure. I think he's a little bit probably more reasonable cap number you can get him for. Definitely. Um. But I think ultimately it answers the question saying that we won't be going big fish hunting anymore. In terms in free, of free agency. free agency. Yeah, you're probably right with that. So. Which is fine as long as they figure something out. In a trade, I guess. Yeah. If ultimately, oh, Scott, if ultimately they address what they need to address with it, just bringing in top six talent, however they do it, it's fine. It just, I think everyone was kind of like, yeah, free agency, let's go, Panarin. And then they sign Jordan Eberle, and you're going, oh, wait, what? The dream's over. Just like that, the dream is over, and we haven't even got to July 1, right? Where, where the hope is still kind of there, and you're refreshing your phone, hoping and praying that we pick him up, and then it's not even, no, not happening. Yeah. At this point, probably not. I would have to tend to agree with you there. Yeah, unless, like you said, we just clear out a ton of cap space. Like someone's going to take Andrew Ladd and he says yes. <laughs> I hope someone does. I please. hope someone does. But I'd, I'd, Save us. <laughs> please, God, save us. No, it's not happening. All right. So a pretty good deal for Jordan Eberle. He was back for the next five years at $5.5 million, and we're both pretty happy about that one. Yes. 
Okay, next up, it is trade season. The draft is tomorrow, which Mm -hmm. usually that means it's crazy time for trades. So two names were brought up recently in uh, trade pieces. One made sense. The other, not so much, Mitch. So okay, yeah. The one that make the player that makes sense being brought up is Nick Letty. Yes. The one that doesn't make much sense is Noah Dobbs. (laughs) Yeah, that's stupid. So, can we let's start with Noah Dobson because that one I think bugged me the most. So, (laughs) can can I ask you why it bugged you the most? Was it because it was Larry Brooks or because it was Noah Dobson? Both. (laughs) Okay. So Larry Brooks proposed that the Islanders should have. Obviously, it can't happen now because he's already traded. But the Islanders in a trade package for Jacob Truba should have included Noah Dobson, which is wild to me. Because Truba, great defenseman. If the situation was different, I would love him on my team. Sure. But the Islanders don't need to be giving up a prospect like Noah Dobson to get a Jacob Truba. Because you're hoping that Noah Dobson... Is Jacob Truba in a couple of years? If not better. If not if not better, thank you. Uh like who would take Alex Pietrangelo over Jacob Truba? Everyone, right? Yeah. It, like it, it unfair you, you you don't even have to figure cap. If if I say I, I'll give you Alex Pietrangelo or Jacob Truba, which one do you take? You're probably taking Alex Pietrangelo. Not even just thinking today, like in his prime. Both are in their exact same point in their careers, both at their primes. You're probably taking Alex Pietrangelo. And that's exactly who Noah Dobson models his game after. Now, it's not to say he's going to be the next Alex Pietrangelo, but that's what he's trying to be. Uh, and, and everything tells us that he's going to be exactly that, if not maybe even better in terms of production. Because I think Pietrangelo's best year was like 52 points or something. 54. Right. So, like, and that's still great. Jacob Truba's best year is 50 points. Comparable. Yeah. But I, th- I think Petrangelo has a more goal-scoring upside, too. 15 goals is a career high. He's also got one of them Stanley Cups, so. Yes, he does. That's huge. Um, why would we trade Noah Dobson? So, th- they, they draft him just last year, 12 overall. 12 overall, like, we want that kid so bad, we're going to take him. Then they go. he goes and wins two Memorial Cups. He'd already won one going into the draft. He wins one again. And then we got Lou Lamarillo ranting, maybe not ranting, but raving about him saying, like, uh, he, he needs to make a good showing or have a good showing at the training camp and push for a spot on the team. If he doesn't push for a spot on this team or if he's not in the mix to make, to make the NHL this year, I'll, I'll Lou Lamarillo, be disappointed in him. And then he's going to go and trade him for Jacob Truba tomorrow? What? No, that don't make sense. <laughs> Why? I, especially, too, when you think about it. Yes, you're obviously hoping that Dobson becomes a player like Truba or maybe even a little bit better. But value-wise, yeah, what was... kind of contract is Truba going to get? Probably like a $7 million cap hit, right? I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, that's where I was going to go if you didn't bring it up. They didn't. And they don't have a deal yet. He's got to be a $7, 8000000 million player, right? Yeah, I would think probably between 7 and 8 Yeah, that's probably fair. You're gonna have Dobson on his ELC potentially this year, yeah. and he's making not even nine hundred thousand on the cap. Uh, where is he, Dobson? Here, eight ninety four, just under nine hundred thousand on the cap for the next three years, starting this year. Three years at less than a million dollars on the cap if he makes a team this year, and he's nineteen. 
Yeah, I'm all set with that. Thanks, Brooksy. Yeah, like why? Why would we trade? Why would we do that? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, so he he being um, Noah Dobson put up 36 points in 28 games with the Huskies this year with another 16 points for the the, the Titans scored 29 <clears throat> points in 20 playoff games and put up another three points in five Memorial Cup games. And he's Thank winning, <laughs> winning trophies. Yeah. He won the President's Trophy in the QMJHL, and then he won the the Memorial Cup. Like, what else do you like? With, no, this is the cream of the crop type of prospect. When you build a prospect pool, this is what you're looking for. This is a right-handed defenseman who wins trophies. And we're gonna be like, I really like that Truba kid. Why? You don't need right-handed defensemen. You don't need no. them. No, the Ooh. Islanders have plenty. Exactly. Oh, and they were great last year. Their defense was not an issue. Upgrading the defense was not an issue or was not a priority for the New York Islanders this year. No, so that one really made no sense to me. The other one, Nick Letty, yes, the name moving him makes sense, but in the trade package for this one also made no sense to me. The notion that the Islanders should be moving Nick Letty for picks drives me nuts. So the greater context around this is Darren Dreger speaking to Montreal media, and Montreal's looking to upgrade their blue line, and, and Nick Letty comes up, and, and rightfully so. Like that's a good, that's probably a good target for the Montreal yeah. Canadiens to have, and I have no problem with that. But then Dreger said, "Well, you know, they're probably going to be. I don't know what the market is on a guy who's not necessarily top quality, but hasn't isn't too far removed from top quality." Um, and the Islanders are in. I forget the exact words he used. But he, he intimated that the Islanders are having contract situations. There are contract problems. Again, they have $21.2 million worth of cap space. If I look at cap friendly, the Islanders rank um, like sixth from the bottom in terms of cap space. Yeah, they're swimming in it. Like they're just above the cap floor, obviously, by like some $100,000 or something like that. But like they're just, they're at the floor. <laughs> they have a ton of space. They have $21.2 million worth of space. Contracts isn't an issue necessarily. Yes, they have Letty. Uh, sorry, they have Lee. They have Leonard to sign. And they have the, all their RFAs. But they can get all of that done and they can still bring in players. And they can still keep Nick Letty, right? You could just keep him and be like, you're going to be better next year. We'll keep you. We don't need to like sell you. We're in no rush. Yeah. But the idea of trading Nick Letty in and of itself, yes, that has to happen. That's crazy. I don't. I don't understand... The idea of you have to move them for picks because to me that just shows that you're not really paying attention to what the Islanders are trying to do here. No. They're not in a position where they're looking to rebuild and replenish the farm system. They've done that for years now. They have a very <laughs> yes. good farm system. They need talent at the NHL level now. Yes. And you could afford to swap out a $5.5 million cap hit for a similar kind of cap hit. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit more. You can move a guy who's a puck-moving defenseman who can get you 40 to 50 points in a season, maybe even more depending on the team, um, on, a, on a reasonable cap it. Like, we just talked about um, Jacob Truba being a $7 million player. Nick Letty's at five and a half for the next three years. That's worth something. That's worth a lot. It's not like the Islanders aren't in any situation where like they're going to be raked over the coals because they need to move him today. Unless they're in on Panarin, unless like that's priority number one, and they have to get Panarin, then yes, they need to they need to clear cap space. But I think they've already given up on that. Not maybe not given up, but they've already foregone the, the idea of chasing Panarin. Probably, and, and by that virtue, Mitch Marner as well. 
who well, apparently wants to get paid like twelve million dollars plus or something stupid. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Well, he wants he wants Austin Matthews money. That's what he wants. No less, just Austin Matthews money or more. I mean, I kind of understand where he's coming from to an extent, but that that's a bit much. Yeah, we'll 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 get to him in a bit. We'll get to him in the social but segment. Don't we, you worry about that. Uh, we said that though. We said for how long that they weren't going to be able to re-sign all these guys. Kyle Dubas is very smart, Matthew. I do. I know. That's all <laughs> I've heard is that he'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. What? When? When is it going to be figured out, Mitch? He might. He might. Like they can still make it work. Yes, they have. You know, there's seven point seven million dollars from the cap ceiling. But they can still move stuff. They can not sign Kapanen. They could trade Kadri. Um, they could even put, uh, what's his name, on LTIR. What's his name? Uh, Nathan Horton on LTIR, and that's $5.3 million of cap space. Mm-hmm. They can make it work. There's no problem there. Um, but yeah, getting back to the Nick Letty thing, no, I, I don't think that the Islanders need to sell Letty for picks and prospects. It doesn't make any sense. Like you said, that's not where the Islanders are at. They're at, we need more NHL talent today. We need players to help us today. We have picks and prospects. Wallstrom, Dobson, Wild, Koivula. Like, that, that's the ones that, that, that could make the NHL today. I didn't even mention Bellows. I forgot about Bellows altogether. Like that's another one. That's five guys that can make the NHL today, probably. And Koivula, maybe not, but you know he's close. Close, yeah. And we haven't talked about Arnaud Zerando. We haven't talked about Blade Jenkins. Like they're they're and, and all the guys that they just brought in from the college ranks. It's true. <laughs> There's talent here. They don't need more of this. No, they prospect talent isn't really what the Islanders are looking for. So to me, that that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And both of those two proposals just didn't make too much sense for me. No, it doesn't. And like proposals are proposals. We never know. Like no one knows the perfect proposal. No one's gonna pitch something out and be like, "This is exactly what it is." I'm gonna get. I'm gonna nail this. No, we never know. Like you could have come out, you know, three years ago and said the Edmonton Oilers will trade. I don't know if it was three years ago. I think it was um, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, and everyone would go like, "Yep, that makes total sense." Everyone would have laughed at you. Anyone yeah. would have laughed at you, but that's exactly what happened. Of course, you know, stupid GM of the year voted, you know, 12 years in a row in Peter Shirelli, but it still happened. Somehow, some way, still happened. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Anyways. Interesting. All right. Want to get into some gambling talk? Yeah. I have to take this sweater off. I don't uh, It's I'm sweating bullets down here, and I'm very uncomfortable. So you go ahead. I'm just taking my sweater off right now. Okay. So... Right after the Stanley Cup was won, congratulations to the St. Louis Blues, by the way, the odds for the 2020 Stanley Cup came out. So, for the 2020 Stanley Cup, originally the Islanders came out with 30 to 1 odds, which was eighth best. (laughs) Wow. Do you think that, it sounds like you're taking that as a good thing. Yeah, why not? I don't think the Islanders are given enough credit. What? Look at the teams that also have the same odds. Okay. Arizona, Carolina, Columbus, Dallas. Florida has better odds. Philly has better odds. I don't know. That's kind of rough, man. Florida's a good team, though. Like, Florida should not have been as bad as they were last year. 
If okay, they th- but the Islanders and, and, were good, and they have Coach Quenville. Like if if we take the Islanders, just their their coaching and the the impact coaching had on them as the only barometer um, or level level that we're going to use to judge whether they're going to be better or not next year, then you have to look at the Florida Panthers and say they're going to be demonstrably better because they're getting a guy who's just won three Stanley Cups. I guess, and and his coach the. Chicago Blackhawks to year after year after year of success. How many times did he miss the playoffs? Twice, maybe? And, and, and he's got a talented group. Barkov, Trocek, uh, Aaron Ekblad, Keith Yandel. I'm missing someone else up top. Huberto, so I'm missing someone else. But like that's that's five guys I just listed that are some... Most of those guys are point-per-game players. They have talent there, sure, but do you really think that there are 14 teams with a better shot to win the Stanley Cup than the Islanders? I thought you said they're eighth best odds. Yeah, but if you... You're talking about all the teams that are tied with them. That are tied, yeah. There's 14 teams with better odds. Okay, fair enough. If When you say it that way, then no. I don't think there are four... Like, Arizona, like, in what world does that person live in? There's no way that Arizona has anywhere near the same shot at the Stanley Cup that the New York Islanders do. Or Col- Philly? F- you know, Philly's a good team, man. Philly is a good team. They, they finally got a goalie, it seems. They've got good talent from Jacob Voracek, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, and they just added, oh my God, what a dumb contract that was, Kevin Hayes. <laughs> $7.14 million, and he scored 20 goals once in his career. I'm sure he's a fine player, but to say he's worth $7.14 million, get me his agent today. Today. No, and that, again, just shows that how much the Islanders lucked out on the Brock Nelson deal. That yeah. just looks better and better now. <laughs> You're right. Absolutely. Oh, man, because Brock Nelson scores 20 goals in his sleep. Yeah, and he's at $6 million. Yeah, so for six years. Uh, like, yeah, that that's perfect. Um, but okay, yes, you're right. Ultimately, there aren't 14 teams that have better odds, and that, that shouldn't have better odds than the New York Islanders. Because then that essentially says the Islanders are middle of the pack in the league, which I don't think that's true. I think they're top ten. I think what they're suspecting, and of course this is based off today's roster, is that the Islanders regress, and maybe not regress significantly, but they won't be as successful as they were last year. And and I I completely agree. I don't I don't think they would be. No, you're probably right. Like, give me the same team that the Islanders had last year in 2019-20, utilizing the same strategy, and I don't think they're as successful. They may make the playoffs, but they scrape in. I right? guess. Like, they, guess. they just they, they can't use the same strategy with the same level of talent. And, and I'm bringing back Ryan Lambert here. Like I, This is exactly what Ryan Lambert was saying, except his sample size was a little bit more narrow than the one I'm applying. I'm saying that the Islanders were, or could have been, and were successful in, in using that their strategy within one year. But you, you start going beyond a year using that strategy, and it won't work. Because you, you, your talent level is no longer the same, and your talent isn't good enough to uh, prop up a defensive-heavy strategy like that. Uh, but in one year, it could work, and it did. But it can't go longer than that. They need to bring in talent today. I think they're in the process of doing that. Uh, I'm yeah, putting sure. trust into Lou Lamarillo. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. It's just with the odds, the odds are set as of today, right? Yeah, or right after the Stanley Cup. I think they're even better now. I think the Islanders are at 25 to 1. Okay, well, let's look it up. Let's look up Odds Shark. Um, NHL. 
Stanley Cup. If I can spell, that'd be great. Which, by the way, if you are a gambling person, get on these odds now as at when they're 30 to 1 or 25 to 1 because they're only going to go lower. So odds to win the 2019-2020 Stanley Cup. Uh, Lightning are favored. Good luck with that. Um, the New York Islanders are plus 250. I don't think it's yeah, changed so. much. Because 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 teams, 14 teams ahead of them. Okay. So it has not changed much, at least according to this. Maybe this is just an article and it hasn't switched. Let's look here. Let's click this here. Oh, my God. What am I looking at? Nope. No, this is a bunch of plus minus. Never mind. Let's just say it's at plus two fifty still, or twenty five hundred. Is it what it at? What it's at? Yeah. So maybe maybe slightly better, but regardless, yeah. The point is, hop on this right now because the Islanders probably have a. I'm not saying they're going to go out and win the Stanley Cup this year, but if you put down what ten bucks on it with the chance to win, was it two hundred fifty, three hundred? If it's twenty five hundred. If it's twenty five hundred and you put ten on it, that should be two fifty. Yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> it's a lot I'd of money. Two sixty, wouldn't it? Because you get your ten bucks back. I don't know. Yeah, it's usually two fifty plus plus ten bucks because it's including steak. Okay, so there you go. I am one hundred percent okay with throwing away ten dollars if I have a chance to win two hundred fifty. I am not because you no, know, you know how I bet. Um, but I'll definitely bet the seventy-five cents on that all day, every day. Okay, so that would get you just under twenty-five. Hey, uh, that's a great return on investment. Seventy-five cents for two twenty-five dollars all day. I'll do that. There you go. <laughs> See, Mitch has never gone to Jake's fifty-eight with me, where I just throw away money. I've gone to the casino with with a family member. Uh, who has money and is like, I'm going to pull out $200 and we'll just, oh, it's gone. And I, I almost I almost died on the inside immediately because like $200 is a lot of money for me. Oh, no, yes, it, it is a lot of money, but I have been known to go through money kind of quickly at the casino. No, I bring 40 bucks to the casino. That's why I'm never there longer than like an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. The stories <laughs> I could tell for another <laughs> podcast. Not, <laughs> not today. <laughs> I'm not going to derail us today. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, want to get into some social slash NHL awards? Yeah, let's do the awards first, and then we can get into the social. Okay. So the NHL awards were last night, and the Islanders had a pretty good night at the NHL awards. Let's start with, I guess, the first one that they won was the Masterton which was Robin Leonard taking that home. Yeah, I couldn't watch it because, like I described, uh, did I say that off air? I did. Um, I have internet issues over at my house. This is why we're recording this today, Thursday, and not Wednesday. Um, so I had to go to the pub, and the pub's internet gave out when I got there, so I thought it was me. I thought I was the <laughs> one. Like I had some sort of virus on my computer. It was just like shutting off Wi-Fis wherever I was. Um, but yeah, what he said there, I may have mental illness, but it doesn't mean I'm mentally weak. Wow. Yeah, that concise, I almost, powerful. I almost choked up like when he said that. Just because that was a really emotional speech because his wife was in the crowd, she was crying. They panted the Barry Trotz too. It looked like he had tears in his eyes. I was like, this is this is just too much for me on a Wednesday night. 
it's just it's perfectly it, it, it surmises the point just perfectly yes i have a mental illness but that doesn't mean i'm defective that doesn't mean i'm broken that just means i have something that i need to work through that's something that i need to um plan around in my day-to-day life just like most of like i have plantar fasciitis that means i can't do certain things or if i do certain things like go run with shoes without arches i know i'm gonna feel it later so i plan around that like it's obviously not at the same level but the idea the the point is essentially the same it's something that doesn't break me it doesn't mean i'm a broken man who can't use his foot anymore it just means that there's something i have to figure out something i have to plan around Right. And what he said right even before that line, too, was he was talking about ending the stigma. And that's just the thing. Like, the brain is a part of the body. Like, just yeah. how we could talk about, like, plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Does it affect your everyday life? Sure. But it's not to the effect of where mental illness or mental health is. Because that's, like, so hush-hush where it's like, you can't, can't talk about that. Where if you have a knee injury... You just have a knee injury or plantar fasciitis or yeah. whatever. And it's not looked at as so taboo, I guess. I don't yeah. know. You have depression. Just figure it out. God, just get happy. That's not how it works. Oh, I'm I'm glad you said that because you just caused me like flashback, <laughs> like Vietnam flashback right now. So in college, yeah. I had to take a sociology class. Yeah. And this professor... He was a doctor, by the way. Okay. He said... Like a doctor of humane letters? No, no, like a... A PhD. Like he went... A PhD. Okay. So, he said he didn't understand why people struggled with anxiety and depression when you could just think happy thoughts. <laughs> and course, I, I just... almost lost it. That This was a college-level class. Wow. I, I That was maybe the most ignorant thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And th- this guy, he he's no longer employed by the college, but is he I a lost why, boy? Probably. Or is he Peter Pan or something? Just think happy thoughts and I, you can fly? He said many things that made <laughs> my bet. jaw drop, but that was, oh, I think, the one that man. took the cake. But so, that's funny that you said that. Uh, yeah, so Robin Leonard wins a Mastrogen. He was the odds-on favorite with a negative... Th- 3,333 like he was winning that yeah of course and like both of the, his competitors had good good claims for it like Joe Thornton came back from torn ACL and MCL right. at his age that doesn't happen that just does not happen and he's good to go for five years he says and then there's um, Nick Felino, whose two daughters I, I'm not sure if they're daughters but his two children were quite sick and he had to take time to take care of that because, like like he said, family matters more than hockey. And he's absolutely right. Oh, of course. And I think in any other year, that wins. But the idea that, and, and with the sheer publicity that, that Robin Leonard used, not used, but like, uh, I'm going to say used, used to put his story out, uh, really made him the strong odds-on favorite. And he didn't do it to win an award. He did it to, like you said, kill the stigma. Uh, and I think he, he's killing it. I think he's doing that. Yeah, and I wrote an article a long time ago when the nominees were first announced, and I was saying that this is this is Leonard's award, obviously. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I said any other year, both of those guys find candidates. Just this year, it, it was it was Leonard's, and I thought that was well deserved. And to me, that was the highlight of the award show. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like just again, what he said, it was so perfectly concise. Oh, it summed it up 
exquisitely exactly what you need to say and and that that's something that you can quote that is quotable you see it everywhere on social media i may have went mental illness but i'm not mentally weak that's perfect two lines boom get your point across exactly that's i i'm not damaged i'm not broken i just have an extra step in the morning that i have to think about or something like that yep i tremendous speech and really well deserved and couldn't be more proud the other one that the Islanders took home the Jack Adams Award. Mm. Barry Trotz wins it, Coach of the Year. Was there any doubt, Mitch? Well, yeah. The two guys that he was going up against had good good claims. Like, John Cooper coached the second-best team in the NHL ever. Yeah. Ever. And, and not even second-best, like tied for the best record ever. <laughs> um, that's that's nothing to shrug about. Like, that, that's, that takes work. Yes, they had a talented squad, but he had to get that talent working. Um, and then uh, Craig Berube just flipped a switch in St. Louis, and they went from the bottom of the league to a point off of the top of the division. They're a point away from, from Nashville, the top of the division. Think yeah, about that. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Um, but now we have a guy who's won the Jack Adams in two different for two different teams. Um, Impressive. Yeah, I think he's one of only a few. Like, uh, who else has won it with different teams? John Tortorella clearly has. Um, Jacques Lemaire, I believe, has. I think he won one with uh, St. Lu- not St. Louis, New Jersey, and Pat Burns. Pat okay. Burns, Jacques Lemaire, John Tortorella, and Barry Trotz are, are, I believe, the only coaches to win it with different teams. Oh, Jacques Demel, no, Jacques Demel's won it both with Detroit. Uh, Pat Quinn. Sorry, Pat Quinn won it with Vancouver and Toronto. Okay. Like, those are some good names. Some good names. Scotty Bowen, I'm sure, as well. He probably won one somewhere else in Montreal or something stupid like that. Yeah, Montreal and then Detroit. Like, legendary names in the field, and he's now there. Not only does he have multiple awards, but multiple awards across different teams. That's that's a sign of greatness, I think. Of course. If you can win a major accolade, not only in the same situation, it's like if... if I'm a soccer fan. That's like Messi going and winning a trophy in another league. Yeah, that that would it, that would bring him up a level. Whereas Cristiano Ronaldo has done that. He's won the Premier League with Manchester United. He won it, uh, the La Liga with Real Madrid, and he's probably going to win Serie A if not already with Juventus. He's won major trophies across three different leagues with three different teams. Like that's huge. That 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 yeah, shows that you is. greatest of all time. That that's a goat maneuver right there. Of course. So Barry Trotz. The GOAT. Yes. The only one the Islanders kind of missed out on was the Vesna, but not too surprising that Veselovsky took that one home. Yeah, wins win the Vesna. That's really what happens, right? Yeah. And he's got 39 wins to Leonard's 25. And and if it wasn't about wins, uh, if it was about just straight-up save percentage goals against average, then Ben Bishop would have won because yeah. he had more wins, the better save percentage, the best goals against average. Yeah, obviously, I think of those three, Leonard was probably the third, which, again, no shame in that. Obviously, top three, Vesna is phenomenal. Yeah. But I understand why they went with Veselovsky. Yeah. Again, wins, win the Vesna. That's how it works, unfortunately. Uh, but he, like you said, he's a top three goalie in the league this year. No one wanted to touch him last year. No one wanted him at, at the beginning in, in free agency. And he signed for a $1.5 million deal. He was making, what, four and change before that? 
I he, think so. He took a heavy pay cut and became at UFA quite early. Uh, maybe not quite early, but early um, because of his play. And now he's the third best goal in the league, voted by GMs. That's crazy. That's huge. Guys, like these are guys who didn't want to deal with him last year, and now they're voting him third best in his position. Yeah, that says something in itself right there. That's a huge, like, uh, that's a huge nod of, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> you deserve this one, buddy. No, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so want to get into the social stuff now? Yeah, I have one about the awards specifically, though. So kind okay. of like transitioning. Sure. Um, so Barry Trotz won the Jack Adams, like you said. And uh, he says, we before me. This was a, a team award. It was not just a Barry Trotz award. As much as his name is going to go on it, it's a award for his coaching staff. And he practiced what he preaches, and he brought his entire coaching staff, although not everyone. Um and there is a picture here of him and his coaching staff with the Barry, uh, with the Barry Trotz Award, <laughs> the Jack Adams Award. <laughs> Lane Lambert is there. Mitch Korn is there. John Gruden is there. Piero Greco is there. There are two guys that I don't recognize whatsoever. I don't know who the heck they are, but they're clearly part of the coaching staff. But none of them, not a single one of them, is Scott Gomez. Interesting. Where in the world is Scott Gomez? He's got to be gone, no? I assume, yeah, he's obviously not there. Like he would have been there for the picture, um, but I'm sure he's got other things to deal with. He's gone somewhere else, or or, or doing somewhere something else. But it is uh, conspicuous or suspicious, not conspicuous, suspicious, yeah, suspicious that he's not there. Yeah, I can get behind that one. But we keep getting told that they're not making assistant uh, or coaching changes. They brought in Jim Hillier, but they're not making any other changes. They just brought him in. Shrug emoji. Yeah, that's uh, we both kind of did that at the same time, which is <laughs> bad for podcasting, but funny for video content. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so I got one for you. Yeah. So this is from a former scout, Roger Dickland, on Twitter. Oh, yes. And he says, to follow up on basic tweet earlier, was in the car driving at the time, was told Arizona and the New York Islanders were discussing a potential deal that would send Alex Galchenyuk to Long Island, still texting to find out possible return. Any interest in Galchenyuk for you? Yeah. Uh, Arthur Staple later said there's nothing to this, although who knows at this point, like things could yeah. be flying all over the place. Um, yeah, I have I have interest in Galchenyuk. Do you? As long as it's not center. I don't like him as a center. I like him as no. a left winger. Yeah. Uh, they don't need help at left wing, that's for sure. Right? I, I don't, yeah, probably. I guess you could then move Bailey to the right. Well, Bailey has been playing on the right side the last three years right but you keep him there he was playing left this year but if, if your your right wing depth is Everlay Bailey that's okay it's not great well uh would it be that I guess, it would be uh, I on guess, the right yeah. yeah you're probably right it's not fantastic but you're bringing in a guy who like we said earlier can put up 50 points if not more uh, he's great on the power play. Galchenyuk is amazing on the power play. He is not going to hesitate to shoot from the right half wall. He will shoot that puck, and he's got a wicked one-timer. No, he does. So that's that's that checks a couple boxes for the Islanders. And worst-case scenario, he's a center. Yeah, that's even better center depth. So it's not a win-win. It depends on what the Islanders give up. Uh, he's got a $4.5 million deal for one more year. So, you know, you, you send Letty off. You're getting more back, obviously, than just Galchenyuk for Letty. Um, but 
You're saving a million dollars on the cap. That's something. Yeah, and I think he's a solid second line option on the left side. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. To go with Brock and Bailey potentially. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. You have anything else for the social? One more, and Hit this me. comes from the Maple Leafs. Um, okay. Specifically, Steve Dangle. Oh. So Steve Dangle wrote an open letter to Mitch Marner today. Um, for reasons, but I guess because Mitch Marner is wants wants to get paid, and Maple Leaf fans are are worried about losing him. And I don't really know what Steve Dangle was trying to get at in, in the the post itself because it, it seems like he's letting him saying like it's fine if you go, but I want you to stay because you're a Toronto boy and you should want to stay. But you know, get your monies. You can't play both sides. What do you what do you think he's trying to do? He wants to get his monies, and getting his monies doesn't necessarily mean staying. No, not necessarily. But he goes through all that. He lists himself as a hockey YouTuber, podcaster, and author, which is true. He is. He's done all of those things. It just, God, it irks me to be. It just seems pretentious to be like, I'm an author as well. Come on. Come on. You wrote a book. He did. He did. Which is literally an author. I'm just, maybe I'm just jealous. Um, but he just goes through and, and talks about Mitch Marner and saying, like, you should stay here. You should want to be here. Um, he, he, he essentially then decries people for being, you know, you shouldn't be just a loyalty guy. You should get yours, dude, is what he says literally. Um, but then it's, you know, think about winning the cup. He, he lays out a scenario. If you're going to win the cup, it's game seven, you've just won the cup. What jersey are you wearing? He's playing on his Toronto heartstrings because he's a Toronto kid. He's like, look at what the Raptors did. Toronto is a city of champions. That's a quote, by the way. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, That's hysterical. It's insane. <sighs> He's like, at the end of the day, it all comes down to you and your signature. Signat Tower. Anyways, I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh at his typos. I make typos all the time. Uh, it's your decision. So come and win as a Leaf. It's what you were born to do. Like, he's just playing into the idea, like, you're from Toronto. You should want to play here. Look, John Tavares came here to play. You're John That's Tavares. So is going to pay $11 billion. So, like, it, it just seems like, hey, you can have your cake, but don't eat it. Although I'm looking forward to you eating it. I maybe I'm I'm not reading this properly, but it just it just seems bad, just really bad. Like, go get your monies, but but you, you should want to stay here, but get your monies. Um, oh, open letter. It just what seems, it, oh, cringe, cringe, cringe. But I'm glad you brought that one up. That was nice. It seems like he's essentially begging him. He's begging him and trying to be a really nice guy about it, which, you know, Steve Dangle is a nice guy. I met him before. He's a really nice dude. Um, he's just trying to play it off as a nice guy. But like at the end of the day, he's trying to play on, on, on Marner's heartstrings. Uh, but you, you can't do that and then say, go get your monies. You can't. That's just not how this works. Nah, he's, he was playing both sides. You, you can't play both sides. It's just anyways, it's just you hate to see Toronto fans beg, but you, you love to see it at the same time. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. So, uh, that was all I had for the social. So unless you have anything else, I think that's pretty much gonna do it. Yeah. All right. So let's get some plugs in here before we call it a episode. Wherever you are listening to this, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. It really helps with our searchability, and we appreciate all that. 
If you aren't already, please make sure to subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, where you can get post-game content during the regular season. Right now, since it's the off-season, we are doing a variety of different shows. You have the weekly mailbag and a bunch of other episodes that come out sporadically. We did one on RFAs recently, so you can expect content similar to that. We do about three episodes there a week. You can also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. You can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone and Android. And, of course, you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Whew, that was a mouthful. It's <laughs> a lot. I'm impressed every week. Thank you. That's one of my rare talents in this life is doing <laughs> reads and promotion. <laughs> so with that, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.